What is live? Okay. Uh, oh, there we go. We yeah, go. yo, 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 yo. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Black, Never Broken, Always Empowered. I am Brittany, joined by my awesome co-hosts DeAndre and Rich. How y'all yeah. feeling? What's good? Oh. Um, and we are being joined by Hilton George, the creator of BlurredCon. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, um, hello. So we always start with a mental health second. So I will start with you, Hilton. How are you feeling? How has your week been? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, everything in in its best form for me is hectic. I, I like hectic because that means there's a there's a pace of things that I need to manage, and things I need to manage are opportunities, it's business, it's progress. So I don't like I don't like a lot of downtime other than when I need to sleep or just have some inner peace. So if I'm zigzagging up and down the highway and running around in the meetings and all that stuff and barely skidding into podcasts, <laughs> running live, <laughs> I, that's actually my sweet spot. That's my zone. So things are hectic. Things are crazy, but in all the right ways. So I'm blessed and 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 uh, I wouldn't ask for it any other way. That is awesome. Uh, Rich, how you feeling, baby? Uh, I have a tiny headache. Uh, might be because I don't drink enough actual water. Mm. I drink things that are made with water. Might It might be. Try this, <laughs> sir. Just a little bit. I will try that. I've I saved you some. It. I have Just some for you. Bit. This fire water. This fire water. It'll Other than all that, that ails you. Y'all know, same old, same old. Motherfuckers don't ever want to work. So guess who has to go work? Me. Right, uh, you bought into this franchise, like, yeah, I'm about to make this money now. You, yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'm about to chill, chill. I got three stores, I'm about to just cool. I got employees, like, we're rolling, and then the whole store quits. I'm like, y'all have lost y'all. <laughs> Let me then, find out about Rich. I did not know. In your, in the middle of her two week notice, in the middle of two week notice, she says, Oh, I'm sick, I can't come in today. Bitch. I'm sorry, I can't say that. Uh, girl, I, well, your wife said you can't say it, but the internet's yeah, okay. Yeah. I said, bitch. <laughs> Other than that, I'm doing good. People would rather deal with me than deal with her. It works anyway. Customers love me. So I'm chilling. Aww. Great. That's what's up, man. Um, I'm, not, I'm not even going to lie to y'all. My week has been absolutely terrible between here, work, and life. It's just been a bad mix. But the Pokemon, though. I mean, yeah, that's been the, the highlight of the week. <laughs> Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. So I haven't been. A, uh, Pokemon review today, and they just talked more about their games, and it was fucking... Oh, yeah, this morning? That yeah. was really dope. I'm not going to hold you. So, Hilton, you don't know this, but we all met in a Pokemon community for Black Pokemon trainers. That's how oh. DeAndre Rich and I originally met. So Nice. Gamer from now on. Yeah. Is this the you're, 2017 you're amongst... Exodus of the indoor nerds that went outside? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Pokemon the Go. <laughs> waiting three days for their eyes to adjust to the sun. Mm. So exactly. Pokemon <laughs> on the highway and in the middle of baseball fields and stuff. Which, which is going. wrong because we've had to put up signs. I was in the Marine Corps at the time when Pokemon Go came out. And I was, on, I was in Japan. And they legit had to put up signs saying, do not enter, will be shot. Because people are walking around. Trying to catch Pokemon, but they're just aimlessly walking to I'm different really areas. Shot, yeah, yeah. So I mean, no, I get it, but it's like, geez. Like, yeah, don't come here. You're gonna get shot. Like, Pokemon Go players do not come here. Like, seriously, it's good. go go somewhere else. That's hilarious. Yeah, it, was, it was weird, but uh, which segues into how we got to this interview in the first place. You're right. Fuck my day. Very... Let's move on. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. 
No one cares. <laughs> I don't have anything to tell you. Is it we didn't go full circle? Right. Go ahead and segue. We got this. No, we got to hear about you. Already me feel like shit. You might as well tell us how you Go ahead. Tell us. Other than just now, this minute. How has your day been? Um, so actually, this has been this the last twenty minutes have been the highlight of my day. I finally wow. received That's my contract. For, I know, I know, but the reason why my day was bad was more of like a like an emotional hormonal issue. So it was just me in my head. Um, but at about seven o'clock, I received my contract for my new job. So I'm super excited to get that signed and get started. Um, and then I'm on the podcast and I'm like, I don't think you guys understand how excited I am about this particular podcast, um, episode. Cause this is BlurCon is how I met you guys. I, nice uh, way to steal my thunder. <laughs> yeah. I stole it. Mm -hmm. Cause you, you <laughs> stole my <laughs> ability to talk about my day. <laughs> yeah. But yes, that's how we all met each other was at BlurCon. It was my very first convention, right? Uh, so I'd never been to a convention, um, Prior to that, and we was like, you know what? Since it's so close to where Brittany and Jamal live, why don't we all just go there, meet up, hang out, you know, explore the convention, and do awesome things? Um, so it was a uh, it was a wonderful weekend, absolutely beautiful weekend. Mm -hmm. oh, the convention great, was amazing. great. Was this our year one or which, which year did you guys? This, that was this year. This year. This just year. Like, oh, this last, is last month. Just wait, a, wait. A month so ago. this this podcast is a is is where you guys is a result of just three weeks ago y'all meeting. No, so the podcast we started in November just from being internet friends. Gotcha. But the BlurredCon was our first in person meeting, taking photos together, like gotcha. just being in the same room. Right. Well, I'm glad you guys had a chance to see it. It's uh, it's one of those things you have to see to really understand there's not a whole lot of words and uh descriptions that i think kind of encapsulated that well so yeah yeah absolutely i can think of two fucking amazing that was a pretty good word <laughs> those are great words but so last month all of july we essentially interviewed people we met at BlurCon. um <laughs> so we talked to hbcu con we talked to a few of the creators we met. So having you um, as our essentially extended July to wrap it up is the perfect ending to it. Um, sorry, guys. I'm trying to do like five things at once. <laughs> but um, yeah, so what I love the most about BlurCon is that it is the only place right now, uh, hopefully, you know, there will be more Black safe spaces but it's the only place where you can go cosplay be goku be princess peach be whoever you want and not be looked at as the black version of or oh mm -hmm. you're the black superman it's like no nah, I'm, I'm superman and everyone mm -hmm. just views you as such and that's such a beautiful thing so i guess my first question to you is like how did blurred con get started where did this idea come from yeah <laughs> uh 2014 i re-entered uh nerddom uh, after a long hiatus of uh, trying to pursue professional stuff. And uh, I started going to cons. I, I just went con crazy once I discovered how many conventions were basically up and down the eastern, eastern seaboard from New York to Atlanta. And I just kept noticing, you know, how many black people there were in the nerd space. And I remember growing up 
in North Carolina and being among a very, very small handful of black nerds. Um, and I would have never guessed, you know, during that time of my life that there would be so many people who were interested in the stuff that I was interested in. You know, I was weaned off of, you know, in Dungeons and Dragons and comic books from like age nine and, you know, fourth grade, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons and, and modules and anime before it was called anime. Uh, you know, I, I was just, you know, so into these things and I didn't really have a community and I didn't have an outlet. And so I'm looking out, you know, when you go to a New York convention or you go to an Atlanta convention, you see more people representative of yourself because these are larger metropolitan areas and they tend to be bigger conventions. But I would not see the reflection of black representation in the panels, the panel presentations, like who are the presenters? You know, what are the subject that is being discussed? Who are the cosplay guests? Who are the, the voice actors? Who are the celebrity guests? You know, it would be a con where it'd be like 30% black people and there wouldn't be anybody black anywhere on the dais or on the stage or, or, or any of that stuff. And I said, it would be really cool if, if somebody, if there was a con somewhere that, that focused on, you know, black geeks, black nerds. And I, and I have a, just to, to back up a little bit, I have a very, very extensive uh, events production management and promotion background. Uh, even back in college, I was a low budget puff daddy. You know, I was doing parties and <laughs> and fashion shows and comedy shows and you name it. You know, to this day, people come up to me and be like, oh, where the party at when I go to homecoming and stuff? I'm like, I don't live here. I don't know where our party is, you know. Uh, and I, I, with no sense of self-preservation, I kind of just said, sure, I'll do it. And uh, that started a two year journey from there to 2017, pretty much where I hit my man Haas, who's my co-founder, and, uh, you know, said, hey, I got this idea. I know that you're like really big on business. You know how to do patents. You know, he went to law school. He and I went to college together, been friends for years. And I told him about it and pitched it to him. And he was like, yo, let's do this. And so we spent the next year and a half just completely underground, just getting, you know, the trademarks and getting the domain names and locking down the venue and all that stuff. So by the time people heard the, the name BlurredCon, everything would already be locked, cocked and ready to rock. And that's really how we came into the first year, which was 2017. Uh, and it was, you know, we did triple the numbers we thought we would do. Uh, it was uh, just an amazing, you know, festival and gathering of people. Uh, and uh, it's been growing and evolving ever since. Where was your first, where was the first convention at? Oh, my first convention? No, the first Blurk, has, has Blurkon always been in DC? Yes, it's always been at the Hyatt Crystal City. Uh, with any luck, we'll always be there. Uh, okay. You know, the pitch that I made to the city, uh, the Economic Roundtable, the Business Improvement District, all of those organizations is that our plan is to stay here in Arlington, Virginia. The growth plan is to extend into area hotels in the way that you see with the Dragon Con, where there's multiple hotels and multiple activities happening across mm -hmm. the street and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and that was always the business plan. So unless something drastic or, or insane changes, uh, we will stay in the area that we are. Okay. What made you choose that, that area? Uh, actually, I had attended a couple of conferences on my professional life working higher ed. 
at the Hyatt Crystal City. And even then I was like, oh, I really like this layout. You know, the, you know, you got these tiers where the, mm-hmm. the panel rooms and the breakout rooms are. You got the restaurant and another set of breakout rooms on the second floor. Then this dope lobby. And then there's another, you know, level, which is now, you know, the marketplace or the vendor hall. And I was like, it's got all of this space. It's really, really, really nice centrally located metro accessible it's 500 yards from the tarmac of of reagan national airport you Mm -hmm. know it's so close to all the access points to get there and to be quite honest it it was affordable and economic in a way that dc proper is not you know you think about the convention center and stuff like Mm -hmm. that uh and so i decided to uh, look at the hyatt crystal city and see what the uh, pricing would be and it turns out and i didn't know this at the time that several conventions had come through the Hyatt Crystal City leading up to an ending in 2011. And this is MAGFest, Anime USA, uh, and a couple other cons that had been there. And there were people there who remembered the conventions and were like, oh, oh those are really fun and the people were really great. And so they opened their doors to us and made it work. Okay. Nice. So my um, first experience with BlurCon was actually 2019. Um, I was like six months pregnant. That was the year the AC went out. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so it, it was, it was the year the AC went out. Let me get a shirt. <laughs> right. Um, so I guess my question is I, in 2019, I remember seeing a lot of other guests like in the hotel that seemed like they didn't know what was happening. <laughs> this yeah. year it seemed like everybody was there for blurred con. Do you actually rent out did you rent out the whole hotel or like book it all out? The first year we did not book all of the convention space. We weren't mm-hmm. big enough. We were all at the lower levels, right? Uh the second year we extended to the upstairs level, but we still didn't do as much of a buyout of the rooms. Uh, the Hyatt cannot allow us to purchase the entire hotel okay. because they have contracts with the airlines and some military branches and stuff, and they have to maintain a certain right. amount of rooms. Yeah, so we're we're always going to have those five or ten people that are kind of running around going, "What the hell is going on?" Uh, but you know, it's a minority of people, and it genuinely, they're kind of like half of them end up actually coming to the con because they're like, "Oh, we came here to tour." dc and look at this really fun thing down here my kids are going crazy uh let me go down here and and get them a ticket so they can play video games and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so um yeah yeah we're we're trying to get as much of that space locked down as possible from year to year uh because um quite frankly you know when i see somebody who's not from the con staying in the hotel i'm kind of like oh that's a room that could have been a blurry con guest (laughs) you know so it's kind of like frustrating for me because i i just want to do a full buyout I, right. I just want to buy every broom closet, every toilet. I want everything blurred con. I want anime music playing in the bathrooms. I want everything, That'd but I can't, yeah, I can't that. always do that. And, you know, but it, the people in, are, are in good enough sports about us being there and it's nothing really too weird. So I, it's not a problem. And that's the reason that Jamal saying that he met you at awesome con and, you know, you referred them to blurred con. Yeah, I go to all the conventions. I mean, you any sizable con, I'm usually there promoting BlurredCon or I'm doing a panel promoting BlurredCon. And I run into so many folks uh, who have all these different experiences. And a lot of these are really touching stories. You know, we take for granted, you know, that for those of us who live in any type of major metropolitan area, that we see so much diversity and inclusion. But there's a lot of us black people and black nerds 
who live in places where there aren't a lot of black people. And there are folks that come to BlurCon that have never seen more than five black cosplayers in a room. Mm-hmm. And then there's thousands of them standing in front of them and they get overwhelmed. And sometimes yeah. they laugh and sometimes they cry and sometimes they got a hug and sometimes they go hype and go crazy. But whatever that reaction <laughs> is, that's what they take with them. You know, and then I'll go to New York and I'll bump into somebody and be like, oh, my God, I was at BlurCon and I had this experience and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, it's really, really cool to meet people uh, who've been touched by your work. And um, it's nice to know that the, the community uh, extends beyond what I see every day. Because here's the thing. I don't see blurs every day. Right. I, I am in my car. I'm on my computer. I am in my lair. And I come out to BlurredCon and then it's like everybody like, oh, hey, guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's just as much a thrill for me uh, as it is for a lot of y'all. So, saying that, um, a couple years ago, uh, like when I got back from BlurredCon, I asked a group I was in about BlurredCon and started to hear a whole lot of stuff. And they brought up a quote that you said a couple years ago. Was, um, Anybody can be a blurred. Was that like misquoted? Was that direct? Like, would, could you elaborate on that? Yeah, I never said it. Uh, it, it. It's it's like saying two plus two equals six. You know, it's just <laughs> mathematically, it just doesn't work. You know, you either put the Mento into the Diet Coke and it explodes, or you put it into the vodka and it does nothing. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, we had a lot of folks that were skeptical about BlurredCon and it's in its inception year, like that first year, year and a half. And, you know, sometimes people online get really irresponsible and they take things too far. Mm-hmm. And this was just one of those things that caught on. And it just it's like a, there's a political term for it. it's called a zombie lie and it just won't die. Like, you know. <laughs> The, the 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 20 the 2020 election was was fraudulent like there's going to be people a hundred years from now on the Republican side who are going to keep saying that no matter what math you put in there and no matter what evidence you put against it and this is one of those ones that people throw out there's never been any attribution to this uh, and I actually let it go for a long time because it sounded so ridiculous like no one's gonna believe I said that <laughs> and the next thing you know it like pops up <laughs> online and people are like oh hey you said anyone could be a blur i was like when did i say that like when my friend told me that you said it oh, oh here we go uh, was, but I it's just one of those things answer directly from you because i'm like there's no way in hell anybody <laughs> you just yeah you just gotta you know take it in stride and and it's one of those it's one of those things that's like you know i don't even get mad at it you know because the people who like believe it and use it and repeat it are not people that are friendly to the con or fans of me personally anyway. Mm. So I'm not like losing friends around it, you know, but people do kind of like somebody said that you said this thing and I don't think that two plus two equals six, but you know, blah, 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 blah. Then, you know, once you kind of just dismiss it, then people go, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I've said some stupid stuff. Don't get me wrong. There's, if you find the right quote, it's Hilton said some dumb shit over here, right here, but never that dumb and never that backward. And I co- look, I cop to my stupid stuff. I talk a lot. I'm in a lot of spaces with mics in front of them. Anyone with a cell phone could probably catch me saying something that sounds crazy or, you know, is off key or off color or inappropriate, whatever you want to call. And I like, look, I guarantee you there's some of that out there. This just doesn't happen to be one of them. So <laughs> it's uh, good to have it. Joe asked, how long did it take to make BlurCon a reality from your idea to day one? 
You know, this is a business 101 thing. Um, the first thing I tell people who come to me, and I do have a lot of folks for, uh, you know, a lot of new cons will come to me for advice. And the first thing I tell them, you know, shut, shut up, stop talking, stop expanding your circle, stop blabbing about this, because this is how you get your ideas taken, you know, mm -hmm. until you get your domain names locked down, your social media locked down, your patents, your uh, trademarks, all of that stuff, the, your dates, all of those things have to be locked in before you go out promoting. And there's a lot of cons out there that are out there promoting that don't own their name, you know, don't own, you know, their IP. And that's dangerous, you know, because these things are grow. This is something that the community needs, right? right. And, and we have to be responsible enough to make what is an initial sacrifice. It ain't cheap. To, to buy a domain, especially if it's one that sounds kind of catchy and somebody had already thought of it and they bought it and they're sitting on it and waiting for you to come along and so they can charge you two grand for it. And that's what mm -hmm. happened with BlurredCon, you know, but hey, it's, it's one of the things you have to do. Uh, so that's why we, we, for almost a year and a half, worked behind the scenes, never said the word BlurredCon out loud to anybody just so that we could have all of our ducks in a row. Uh, and then it was really about trying to figure, you know, where the community was. You know, the community was already there. Black nerds were already out in the con space, uh -huh. but they hadn't really had a, a singular coalescent event where they could come in and, and shape it with their votes and, and with their feedback and all that sort of stuff. So we, we weren't really sure where the community was. So it took some time to kind of, you know, we threw the kitchen sink at year one. Like we planned a lot of stuff. And it took a couple of years of refining and trial and error, but you know, the community will let us know what is important and what is not. You know, I'm a, I'm a control freak and I'll look on a schedule and be like, well, what happens when they walk out of the comedy show? What's gonna be next? There's nothing on the schedule. And then you think like, oh, people just wanna hang and talk. Maybe put a DJ in the, in the arcade atrium. So yeah. people can come out of the comedy show and they go right into the to the cube shuffle or the two step or twerk whatever they want to do. <laughs> people will make their own fun. They will make their own connections. They will make their own memories. They'll make their own experiences. We just have to build around it a structure that allows for that to happen and all the basic components to make that happen. And whenever we do that, we are the most successful. Uh, but it took me a while to learn that. Uh, you know. Having a mission and doing a business are two separate things. And there's a lot of people out here who have a mission and God bless missions because we all have it. Even BlurredCon has a mission. But the business side of it is often not as easily digestible and easily understood as the mission. You know, it's it's if you wanted to do this, you know, you you'd have to be ready to lose half of the friends that you have now over time because you have to tell a lot of people no. And that's right. the hardest thing in a friendship. You want to find out who people really are. You can either give them power or tell them no, and you will find out exactly who they are. And I'm telling you, I lost a lot of people who were waiting for, you know, blurred kind of be that thing where they get to step up and do this or this thing that didn't quite come around the way they hoped it would. And it, it was a hard thing. Cause I, I had a lot of really, really good friends. I was a cosplayer. I was going to a lot of cons, having a good time. And, um, you know, you get you get kind of promoted to the most popular person in your high school, but you're the principal. It's not the, quite the same thing. It's not the word right. you would have used for the genie. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I mean, long story short, you know, this was just something that, that I had to make a decision that I wanted to do. 
cons were my safe space. This was a place I could come, put on my cosplay, act a fool, have fun. And I knew I was going to have to sacrifice a good chunk of that in order to be a con runner, be behind the scenes, see where the magic starts and stops, uh, pull up the curtain and see where all the gears and the, you know, the, how the sausage is made. Uh, but it, I felt like it was, there wasn't anybody else around to do it. And I wasn't going to wait around for somebody else to do it. And, uh, so I stepped into that breach and, and so far, you know, the people received it and it's, uh, it's, uh, going to keep going hopefully. So with that being said, that segues into my next question about you, um, stating for people to keep their ideas to themselves. This brings up the black fade situation. What was like the, the order in which that went? Like, how did y'all go about contacting Carlos and Jasmine? Cause they weren't, they refused to talk about it. Like how did that whole thing play out? Well, you know, I said this uh, in my, the live I did and I touched on it in the apology, you know, I approached black Fay like I would any fandom. Right. And mm -hmm. we've had themes before that were based on fandoms and based on tropes that, you know, are somehow, you know, either engaging the black nerd community or are part of the black community that we're going to bring into the black nerd space, you know, whatever you want to call it. And this was something that I saw a lot of cosplayers doing. Uh, I saw a lot of creatives, you know, getting involved in it. And I said, wow, you know, this would be a really awesome thing to highlight and make a theme. And, you know, that really is the start and stop, you know, for it until we actually start planning the next year. Uh, I underestimated, you know, how close to the vest and how, you know, people saw, you know, this black fae phenomenon as their own. And so when I came out with the idea to do the, you know, the, the fade to black, a lot of people took it as several things. Like one, they were saying, oh, you're either you need to give credit to one of the people who have popularized and and developed this idea and helped build the community that's around the fandom. Others were saying, don't go anywhere near it because this person has some sort of ownership or exclusivity to it, which even she has said is not what she, you know, had any ideas about. Uh, but people just had a reaction to it. Some people, especially within the nerd, the uh, Faye community. And that was really what the, uh, the dust up was about. Uh, where the rubber hit the road and where I ended up like having my direct conversations with Jasmine was really about what I did during the announcement. And I don't know if you guys saw the announcement, uh, but, you know, I got carried away in my enthusiasm and I actually said her name uh, because there were members of, uh, you know, Black Fay community mm -hmm. and Black Fay Day they had a panel. group. They had a panel and they were there and they were like yelling her name out. And I was like, sure, you know, yeah, absolutely. We're going to work with her. We're going to, you know, we're definitely going to have her a part of the planning. You know, why wouldn't we? You know, I, delegation is part of the fine tuning uh, operations of being a con chair. Like, I'm not a member of the fake community. I'm not going to try and create anything out of whole cloth that's inauthentic. So why wouldn't we work with, you know, Black Fay Day? Why wouldn't we work with Jasmine to put some stuff together and kind of uplift and showcase all these different things. But that was received by half the community as somehow saying that we already had something in the works and there was a contract driven up and and she's partnered somehow with the con, which when it came to her, she was kind of on her heels like, I, wait a minute, I haven't signed anything and I'm not working with and partnering with Blurred Con on stuff. And so she had to do a lot of PR and she had to do a lot of phone call and she had to deal with all these calls and, and emails, which 
is bad enough on its end, but she was recovering from COVID too. So she was really not having a good time being on the phone and, and doing all of this stuff. And that was because I was inarticulate in how I put her name out there in the moment. And, you know, that kind of really took her on her heels. But the thing that we're mostly, you know, looking at is that because that was the part that really affected her personally and the communications we've had directly have been positive and you know there's a proposal on the table and you know it's in consideration and all that stuff but yeah i think at the end of the day it was mostly a misunderstanding people will feel one way or another about it uh but this is a theme you know and it really depends on you know what resources we come across and who's working with us as to how this will shape out for next year's theme. But the vast majority of people are super excited uh, about just having this being out in the front and being an opportunity to kind of showcase this, you know, this this fandom and this cosplay and the stuff that people are already doing, which was the reason that we wanted to, you know, use that as a theme for the following year anyway. I appreciate that because I was one of the people that viewed it as you stealing our idea initially, which is why I was ex excited for these two interviews so we could actually like flesh the whole issue out. Yeah, it's you know it's it's a real you know fine line. You know there are people who you know don't necessarily go five degrees into an issue because when people say, "Oh, you're stealing an idea," and it's like, "Well, we're not doing anything with the idea. We didn't change BlurredCon to Black." blurred con or, or something along those lines where it's a permanent part of the con we have taken on a mission and taken on a task that is going to take as many aspects of the fake community and uplift them and showcase them that means you know blocking out some programming slots exclusive for you know fake programming you know some guest slots uh for people who are part of the fake community you know get some uh, some thematic activity, you know, maybe encourage that to be a part of the cosplay contest. You know, all of this at the end of the day will broaden the awareness and create a bigger platform for people in that community to kind of come in, show their stuff, educate people about what is a very intricate and and detailed and deep and rich, you know, storyline and, and, you know, history uh, to folks who might not otherwise encounter it. So at the end of the day, we're hoping that, you know, Black Fadom will be better and more well-known and have a broader footprint because of the efforts that we've taken or will take uh, for uh, the 2023 event. Okay. So it seems like like this is like, uh, obviously you plan these events uh, or themes probably a year or so in advance. How big is this production? Uh, I, I know it's not <laughs> used with everything. So are you talking, you know, a company staff of 100 less than 100 or like how big is your production when it comes to like okay hey i need to employ are these temporary employees or is this more of a like no i have a staff of like 100 people and like we do this like <laughs> all day long like how does how does this you didn't put 100 staff on me right? where's my where's my buffering i need it i need some, some pills for this bro hold up slow down um no we actually partner with uh a lot of community groups like for instance the anime screening room is run uh, by uh, DC Anime Club, and uh, Chris Wanamaker runs that. Uh, if anybody remembers way back in the day, this brother won this award for America's Greatest Otaku. So it was really cool uh, that they came on board, and they really, really love, and they're really passionate about the anime screening room. And he's really conscientious about what titles they show and what they can premiere, and like you know, he's really animated about it. No pun intended. But you know, we also have a couple of other partners that come in. 
uh, like MAGFest, you know, and MAGFest kind of brings, you know, that that added cultural side to the video gaming piece where they bring in, you know, the retro uh, cabinet games, the uh, uh, console games, a lot of those. Uh, we even partner with Clipdart. Clipdart is uh, who we partner with to get to Barbers at BlurredCon, you know, which was no easy task. Mm. And, you know, to bring all of these things together, you know, you have to build these coalitions and find ways that you can serve these community missions for these groups that exist, while also at the same time feeding the mission of BlurredCon and creating access to an experience that is, you know, unique. Uh, now, we do have a volunteer staff that, you know, hovers somewhere around 20 or so people, you know, depending on, you know, what their, their job is and, and when that job, you know, calls for them to actually go into full action. Uh, you know, a volunteer core on that weekend of that definitely goes above 100 people. You know, anybody with a yeah. volunteer shirt that you see working in a particular, you know, registration or greeting or what have you, you know, it's a big operation with dozens and dozens of moving parts. I don't think there is a single, uh, uh, there's another single example of a more complicated and diverse set of activities than a convention. And especially BlurredCon, we do over a hundred uh, panels and workshops over the course of our weekend. And don't forget, we're a 24 hour con, mm -hmm. you know, so minus a couple of administrative offices and the vendor hall, we're running 24 hours from noon Friday to four in the afternoon on Sunday. So if you got a brand new Adderall prescription, you cash in before BlurredCon, you're good. But most, <laughs> you got you got to find your own time to sleep because we're not <laughs> turning the lights off and kicking you out and right. see y'all tomorrow. Right. Which means. We have to run this thing around the clock. So from a managerial perspective, uh, you know, it, it's tough because there's so many moving parts going on all the time. And, you know, something could go wrong over here and then something could go wrong over there. And, you know, it's it's not always a finely tuned, well-oiled machine. But without the team, you know, coming together, without, you know, the volunteers, we it just simply wouldn't happen. You know, we, we have to have people that are passionate about doing it and passionate about creating something unique uh, and seeing something grow. And I happen to have that as my team uh, and they are amazing and they put up with me and therefore they deserve all the flowers. So no. Is there ever a time where you get to enjoy the con where you just find like maybe an hour, two hours in the middle of the convention where you get to like just relax and enjoy so you can see the fruits of your labor? Oh, not at all. No. <laughs> No, I don't know what happens at BlurredCon until like Tuesday. Really? <laughs> no, really. You choose I, to do that? No, no. I, I am always putting out fires. I'm always oh. running around. And if I'm not actually putting out a fire, I'm just coming down from putting out a fire. And I'm just putting myself in a place where if a fire starts, I can be easily found, which isn't out in the con. You know, if I'm out in the con space, it's the Hey Hilton show. Like, oh, hey, Hilton, come on over here. And, oh, hey, what's up, Hilton, Hilton? And then if I'm in that, I'm harder to find if there's something going wrong. Yeah. So I can't really kind of lose myself in the convention. Mm -hmm. If I can find a place to like hide and eat, even if it's in plain sight, that is where I'm putting most of my energy. Like where can I sit down where I can bite this rib more than twice before <laughs> somebody <laughs> comes up and mm -hmm. taps me on the shoulder. And, you know, if I can find that spot, it's a different spot every year, uh, then I'm happy. But most of the time, no, I'm really I, I can't lose myself in the convention. And that's that's just the nature of the work, because you have to, you know, you got to be sober. You got to be ready to deal with anything that goes wrong. Uh, and you're the point person for everything that goes wrong 
uh, at the time. So it's, I don't really get to experience the convention in the way that everyone else does, but so is now, I. Um, you speaking on representation earlier, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I read up that you did a couple of years in the Army from 91, 93? Yeah, that, that was me. Four years, regular Army. Okay. Um, now, Rich um, and uh, Jamal, our producer, are also uh, vets. So have you ever thought about incorporating some type of representation for Blurred Veterans into Blurred Con? You know, we've thought about ways to do it. There, The challenge is, is that Blurreds in the vet space aren't that much different than Blurreds anywhere else. Mm -hmm. The only thing that really, you know, indemnifies a Blurred in a veteran space, in the military space, is that they're physically on base and in uniform and can't really tote around a little fuzzy bag full of multi-sided dice in case a game of, you know, uh, Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> breaks out, you know, the way a normal weeb would be able to do, right? Right. So, uh other than just general outreach, uh, other than, you know, you know, anything that might reach into that community and, uh, you know, kind of let them know that BlurredCon is happening, there really isn't that much that we're able to do beyond what we do for all other black nerds. Uh, and, and it's never been brought to us that there's any additional expectations of the veterans who are blurreds of their BlurredCon experience than anyone else. You know, it's just... I just remember being a blurred in the military and I mean, it, it's just hard. You know, you don't have that much personal space. Your time is regimented. You know, now it's easier because there's a lot of, you know, personal, you know, handheld video games, a switch you can put in your pocket and whip that out if you had a break. But you couldn't do that in 93. You yeah. know, you kind of there's a there's an evolution here uh, that has made things more accessible than they were back when I was in. Uh, but if we ever get an opportunity to partner with any groups that might uh, have that as their moniker, you know, black nerds from Quantico or black nerds from Fort Belvoir or what have you, you know, we'd love, love, love to uh, to bring those in. Because I, I feel like that representation is not first and foremost in people's minds who are not from a military background and maybe don't understand that being in, you know, the army does not allow for that much personal expression. Uh, right. You're not going to cosplay. You have nowhere to put cosplay. You know, you have nowhere to go unless you live or you're, you're based near places that have cons where you can do that sort of thing. And uh, for the people who are near here in on bases, you know, how we can get them engaged and involved, always open to hear it. Yeah. And, and like he said earlier, the fact that your time is so regimented when it comes to being in the military, I have to take leave. I have to make ensure that I can even be able to come to this convention for four days or so. And when I get there, the last thing I'm damn sure worried about is the military. What I'm more concerned about is the con. So I'm damn sure not worried about anything else outside of, okay, cool. I get to cosplay. I'm off. No one gets to call me back in. But that's assuming <laughs> that I'm yeah. near Virginia. You know, well, There's there a lot of bases here, too. There's some bases around uh, there. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you know, if I'm in North Carolina, you know, am I really going to drive up eight, nine hours, you know, of my leave time to go there? You know, unless I, now, I was a road warrior. Now, when I was an army man. I, <laughs> look, you ain't got only one thing you can do in the military is get you a car. Mm. You you get you a car now. You Listen, <laughs> I was I would drive anywhere that had a road. If it was a party or some girls, you name it. I was like, 
five, ten hours, I got this, man. No problem. No way. Like Ain't now, no now as a grown person, I'll be like three hours. Ooh, Lord. <laughs> right. Who's gonna be there? Jesus. I gotta Before go we hours. um touch on Michelle's comment, I just wanted to say when you're talking about military and cosplay and being a blurred. We had spoken a couple episodes ago about the mental health of cosplay. So I feel like kind of talking about that and how, you know, being able to to be whoever you want to be and live out your essentially your fantasy, whatever it is Mm -hmm. like and having that escape is a great way to kind of sell it to people who are in military and don't get to have that self-expression. So it is it has been one of the most exhilarating experiences for me to be in a cosplay and i was in a conversation with somebody uh just an hour or two ago about the difference between just costuming and cosplay i said when you are in a costume like in halloween you're wearing a superman costume you don't answer to clark kent somebody yells it around, around the corner but in cosplay you do you know you are answering to the name and the character that you are embodying costume role play cosplay and that having a facade that you're able to build around a character and a separate persona uh, is often like a safety buffer for you to express yourselves in ways that you wouldn't be able to do uh, if it were just you. You know, I'm famous, if you want to call it that, for my Deadpool cosplays. All my jokes that I make as Deadpool, knock them out the park. I got people peeing their pants, you know, in the middle of the floor Cause I just, because it's the Deadpool is making these jokes. It's funny. I try half of that like this and people are looking at me like I'm a UFO. They're just like, the hell is wrong with him? Like, why is he talking like this? You know? So being able to be the zany character that I am, cause I'm, I'm a funny dude. Like I, I really think I'm hilarious. I laugh at my own jokes. I am ridiculous to be around. I am totally self-deprecating. Do not take myself seriously at all. And to be in a cosplay that allows me to take that to the extreme is extremely therapeutic. And for people who are introverts and people who maybe are shy, uh, that mask, you know, I, I, I always screw the quote up and I should probably study it better. But there is a quote out there that talks about, you know, somebody putting on a mask in order to show you their true face. A man in a mask will show you more of who they truly are than someone who is not wearing a mask, basically. Yeah, we learned and that I during think COVID. cosplay is just like that, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, she put COVID on. Oh, Lord. that's what I said. We learned that during COVID. People are hell over with mask on. Go ahead, Jerry. Uh, I tried to convince friends to come to BlurCon, but they don't feel they're blurred enough because they're a nerd of certain books or other very specific things. What would you say to convince them to go? I think that there are probably, and again, I just had this conversation. I said, you know, you may think you're only a blurred in one way, but you probably have not explored all the different facets of the blurred community or the blurred experience. And you may not even know how much of a blurred you actually are until you come to a blurred space. You come to blurred con, you're going to see, you know, anime, tabletop gaming, music, video gaming, tournament play, free play, music, you know, it's all going to be there. Art, you're going to have an opportunity to kind of encounter things that like, oh, I didn't know I was that kind of a nerd. Like, I, I forgot I was excited about that. Or I, I've just now discovered that I'm excited about that. Like, I'm in this conversation getting granular about Star Trek. And I, I just watched the show and I didn't even realize I'm a Star Trek nerd. Right. And so, you know, this is also an exploratory process. No one's coming here fully cooked. 
everybody is coming in with, you know, the part of their personality that they have had access to and opportunity to express in the spaces that they've been in, which for black nerds is not that many and not that deep. It's when you come to the blurred con space where you aren't feeling that same type of inhibition uh, or, or, you know, uh, restriction or, or constriction and you feel free that you actually do reach out and try things because there's less gatekeeping and there's less people telling you or insinuating that, you know, because you're black, that you're not supposed to, to like these things or the things that you like are not somehow antithetical to you being black. Right. Like, oh, you like uh, anime. Well, that's white stuff. What you doing that white stuff for? You know, this is the stuff a lot of blurs grew up hearing. And mm-hmm. so if you come into the space, you might find out that you're more of a blur than you thought. And if not, you're still getting an opportunity to have a good time, because at the end of the day, Blurred kind of has to be a dope show. You know, there's got to be like the right musical guests. There's got to be the right, you know, uh, you know, DJs. There's got to be the right celebrity guests. There's got to be the right programming. All of those things have got to be universally enjoyable and most specifically to the black nerd community. And you come into this space, you you might discover you're a blurred in the way that you weren't before, or you might decide to become more of a blurred than you were before. But at the end of the day, you're going to have a great time. You're going to connect with some amazing people because only amazing people go to BlurCon. And, and you're going to have right. a lot of fun. And that's that's what it's really all about. It's supposed to be light. This is not grad school. You know, you're not getting graded on this. You're going to come in and I mean, y'all were there like the, yeah. there are parts of BlurCon that are indistinguishable from any club or party or gathering of black folks that you've ever seen at a family reunion or a cookout or or revival at church or whatever you want to call it. And it just hits you right in your 23 and me, like right here under the rib cage on the right. <laughs> and you like, I don't like dancing, but I'm dancing to this. Right. Oh, my God, I'm belting out this song. And I didn't I didn't even realize I was doing it. You know, you're you're always there's music everywhere. There's food everywhere. There's black people everywhere. It's it's just something that I think everybody should see. And no one I know who has experienced it has a bad time. And that's that's really the thing you should say to convince them to come on. Yeah. The DJ on Friday was lit. Like, absolutely. Yeah, everybody has a, a favorite DJ and the DJs are places where DJs ain't supposed to be. Like you're a DJ playing music over top of you know food at the food truck rally. Mm-hmm. Like what what's going on? Like who's who asked for that? Like mm-hmm. there's a DJ playing you know anywhere I see that there's I can't hear music. I'm like can we put a DJ? Over there? Like you know that's me, and that's why I have like 20, 30 DJs just kind of floating around, and they just waiting for the mm-hmm. for the call. Like I'm up, boom, you know, and then they go and set mm-hmm. up, and then all of a sudden there's music and partying happening because music is one of our things. It's one of the central Mm -hmm. threads that teach us and tell us uh, how to feel in moments. It helps us remember things. It it creates memories. And all memories are, are moments in time that are attached to an emotion. You remember how you felt about something more than the something itself, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you bite into a fried fish sandwich and see someone that you've never met in person but have known online, and then Frankie Beverly and Mays comes on at the exact same time you will go to your grave remembering that moment, right? Mm-hmm. And it's my responsibility just to make sure all those components are, I got to get that guy a fish sandwich. I got to make sure <laughs> I got to bring the Frankie Beverly in and then the people come in and make sure they can all see each other. And then these moments will happen and that will be what you put on your shirt. My blurred kind of experience was. <laughs> that was essentially me. Um, it was my first, like I said, my first name. And I was just amazed by 
the amount of people that went and showed up and that all had cosplayed. But I was more specifically amazed by the number of old people that actually came. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. How, how old are we talking here, sir? Okay, I'm thir- I'm 32. <laughs> okay. So anybody 40 plus is old. <laughs> you sound like really? a child. He said old, not old, Derry. He said old. No. Like but nonetheless, there were there were there were a lot, and I mean, plenty of them, like were just, and it just baffled uh, me because I didn't think anybody like in their fifties, act like black people in their fifties, would actually like anime or you know or cosplay or stuff like that. I you know where I grew up at, it was I was under the natural assumption it was you know it was kids like me or you know or my generation of people. But when I got there, I was like legit amazed. I was like, this is this is cool. Yeah, this, the fandom goes back, you know, so much further than the title and the name. And black people have been nerds as long as the word nerd has existed. We just necess- didn't necessarily title ourselves as blurs. You know, we didn't necessarily, you know, gather in groups. We kind of blended in with the community that was around us and just kind of tried to have as much fun as we ever could, even in places where we might have been discriminated against. But the OGs, you know, there's people in their 60s that come to BlurCon. There's parents with grown kids that come in. And it's just really awesome to see them, uh, you know, and hear that their fandom and everything. Because when you see them outside of their cosplay, like, there's no way in the world. If I saw you at Wegmans, I go, oh, there's a Blurred family over there. But then they come to BlurCon and they're all dressed in My Hero Academia. He's 60 years old and wearing My Hero Academia cosplay. I'm like, what are you? Yeah. Love it. Love it. it. They're going to get on you, Rich, about your ageism. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be okay. People, I've learned today that people are going to be sensitive about whatever they choose. That's hilarious. The other thing, Rich, that you pointed out that I thought was, in general, a great thing to mention is that anytime you are in a large space of people, specifically Black people, there's always the... Um, there's always, like... What's the word I'm looking for? I guess, like it's assumed that there might be some sort of like friction or a fight oh, or some yeah. sort of like chaos. There was um, none. Yeah. And Rich was like, this is, I was, I, I was absolutely baffled. <laughs> Three days of black people. 24 hours. And not a, like, there wasn't even a disagreement. Like no one, there was no loud yelling outside of like the typical, like, Hey, could you at least ask before you take a picture or stick a camera in my face? But outside of that, I feel like that's just like, Common sense. Uh, common sense, bro. Like, don't just shove <laughs> He's waiting for the boondocks moment. Somebody throw a chair. And- <laughs> I, I was waiting on that. And I said, now nah, I'm not going to say it on here, but I said that when I met them, I was like, it hasn't been a single moment like that. Like, not one. It's 11 o'clock. People that had drinks. It's midnight. It's two in the morning. Not a single one. Man, you got to remember, you got to remember that, you know, we're still nerds. And nerds in general get along. You could say the same thing about most anime conventions or gaming conventions. Like, you know, I can't think of a time where you saw like a, a fight or or any type of yelling or screaming match happening in any con space. You know, I mean, it may have happened and somebody could hit Google and prove me wrong. But, you know, I never feel like that's the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, that nerd component of us having such a common thread being in this space. And I think that's also another thing that we need to think about when we think about what is a safe space. You know, this is a safe space because the people are all interconnected. And even though I don't, I might not understand every nuance of One Piece, 
you know, doesn't mean that I'm not connected to the anime fandom and our connection through that is unspoken. And I don't have to, to, you know, start every conversation from scratch because I can see it on your shirt or on your hat or on your cosplay. And, and that interconnectivity, you know, kind of throws us into this, this wonderful, you know, bucket of people that are just enjoying being around one another. And, uh, yeah, I, I've had those thoughts, too. I was like, you know, I've, there's no other place in life that I've seen this many black people with alcohol access mm-hmm. and partying and other stuff going on and and women scantily clad, you know, in places where people might not know what the line of consent can be or not be. But we we do really well with BlurCon, you know, where there isn't any conflict, like there isn't that that moment you're talking about. Right. Uh, there's no club that I would not be looking over my shoulder if there was. 6,000 black people in a club. I love my people, but I'm like, all right, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, yeah. whoa, whoa, that guy's mm-hmm. getting animated. That guy's <laughs> talking with his hands. Who's he talking to? What's happening? Is he excited or is he about to punch somebody? Hold up. You know, all of those things, every time you go out and then you go to a place like this and you just see that that yeah. zen that kind of comes over the crowd, it's not even something that that even enters into yeah. your mind that it's something beautiful. like that can happen. Yeah, and, it, and it's a true, It and that lets me know that people are so relaxed and everyone's guard is down, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, people got beef. I see people walking around that eat each other alive on social media, but walk by each other. And, and I don't even know if they make eye contact. Like they don't want to have beef. Right. Like they, they want to do the, you know, anime character burner account on Facebook and talk smack about people. What is, every human is human beings. They do stuff like that, but they don't want that to carry over into the real world. They don't want, you know, to ruin their good time, get kicked out of the con, banned from the, you know, none of that. That's that's too out of line. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that's the context uh, of even the people who don't like each other, you know, in a space like Blurred Con, you know, tells me that we're we're creating a, the proper atmosphere. No, you I mentioned um, safe space. And as somebody with sensory overload, what would you intend to do to try to make that a little bit easier on them the next year? Cause like I found myself having to go and step outside a few times throughout the day. Okay. So what I recommend that you do, there is a, um, we have a, a vendor that, uh, and sponsor called quiet ordinance and quiet ordinance has got these headsets and they're usually up on the second tier, uh, tidewater level, right above the lobby set up with, you know, these cases of these Bluetooth headphones that are usually set up for silent discos, but there are three channels on it that will run, uh, content from three of the panel rooms and they will reach across the street. The, the bandwidth is so strong. Uh, that is a way to tune out the music and the crowds is listening to, I mean, it sounds like NPR because everyone's talking into the mics and all this sort mm-hmm. of stuff and people are speaking calmly. So you can still be in like the video game uh, arcade atrium where the DJ's loud and people are having a big party and you know, you're playing a game, but in your ear, it could be, you know, all things considered type of a thing happening. And that can kind of help bring things down. If sensory overload is visual and just people around you, you know, there are quiet spaces outside of the con space. Uh, we do have a room that uh, we tacitly designated as the quiet room that's on the tidewater level. As soon as you come up the escalator and cut that right, it faces the Cinnabar and the uh, elevator bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a big lounge room and there's nothing going on in there. And, uh, you know, that that is where people can go if they really need to, uh, 
you know, have a quiet time. So there's spaces like that. It also helps if you're staying, if you know that's who you are, it's also helpful if you stay in the hotel because it's easier for you to take breaks. You're like, you know what? I need like 30 minutes of just, you know, nothing. You can just hop on the elevator, go to your room, reset, recharge, and then come back down. Uh, and that can also save you uh, a lot of time and, and aggravation, you know, if you know that that's something that you need to prepare. First off, no one cares about Jamal's comment. <laughs> no, he's thinking of the wrong room. No, the VIP room that we had in 2021 is the big Tidewater room. We don't do a VIP room anymore because we can't secure it. But there's a little room that's like right next to it. And there was there's no TVs on in it or anything. Nobody was going in there. That room is going to be kind of tacit because we're not going to put any programming or anything in it. Uh, but we're going to make that the quiet room. For people who just need to come sit tight, maybe charge their phones, something like that. Uh, and that'll be available uh, to everybody. So have you guys ever gotten noise complaints from guests that weren't a part of the con? No. Uh, you know, from the hotel or anything like that? No, no. The hotel does a really good job of making sure that the rooms that they know are not a part of our block are way up above the 14th floor. So okay. all that noise from the arcade atrium going up the elevator shafts, it, it hits about the 14th floor and then it dissipates and goes away. So from mm -hmm. the 14th floor to the 18th floor is where they will tend to put, you know, all the non blurred con oh. guests. And then there's they, you know, the first year they didn't know to do that. <laughs> and, 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 and they did get some folks kind of like, I can't hear. But since then, we have not had had any issue. OK. That's great. That's great. I love the, the 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 small attention to details that you guys had was things that I loved, like the signs that said cosplay is a consent, like just little stuff like that that says, you know, I know it's not that type of vibe, but here's a warning anyway, just to let people know. And it was just little nuances like that. that I was like, yo, like this is legit. And I would point stuff out all the time. Um, the vendors were almost on point. Some of them, some of them were way left field, but you know, you know, it's funny because, uh, there's a fandom for every type of vendor. And sometimes I'll see some of these vendors that are saying, Hey, I'm thinking about coming to BlurCon and I'll see what they're selling. I'm like, Oh, you know, but then I'll do some research. I'm like, Oh, I guess there are a lot of black folks is into, you know, whips and chains and collars and stuff. And they'll True. sell out. Like, you know, on my mind, I'm thinking like, Ooh, you know, how does it, how does it look? a black nerd convention selling collars and whips and handcuffs and stuff like, is that going to be taken as a racial thing? Mm -hmm. But the FET community is very, very, you know, is one of the blurred, you know, communities that are there for representation. You see it in the programming. Uh, you know, they talk about these things, you know, they, they have these discussions and they're very open and safe. And it's like, you know, I got to remember to step outside of myself. It'd be like, Oh, that's not something that I'm into. But I can't assume that I speak for all blur black nerddom when I see it. And then, boom, you know, it's a hit. And then people come and they're like thanking me for it. I'm like, I didn't do anything except not stop it. That's right. the only thing. Don't thank me for anything. These, these, this is a natural evolution of the con that I allowed to happen. That's all. Are there vendors that you turn away where you're like, no, nah, that doesn't really fit with the theme or, you know, or just other panels that really fit with? What we got rolling, like I'm assuming you stories about that. <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, there are there are some some. So there's there are vendors who can come and set up at at normal flea market style cons. Like you ever go to a con and it's really just a giant vendor hall, mm -hmm. and it's really not much more than that. 
uh, you just kind of walk through and there's people selling stuff and it's sometimes it's nerd stuff. Sometimes it's just, oh, I live near this convention center stuff. Um, like people who sell like weapons, uh, people who sell like legit sex toys. Like you can't have that on a table in a vendor hall. Like you can't, you know, just, mm-hmm. uh, you know. There's children there. Big, you know, yeah, well, not just that, but, you know, there's a lot of people who clutch their pearls. Like my man, DeAndre, he might look and see something and be like, oh, my goodness. And then, <laughs> then his, throw his whole mind off for the whole con thinking about, like, that. that's what they want. Like, no, you got to. We got to be careful about that sort of stuff. Oh, but man. but but the funny thing is, is that the wilder and crazier the the that that individual with that thing is, the more bold they are with it. Like, oh man, I'm gonna come sell out all this stuff at BlurredCon. I'll be like, oh please don't, like don't <laughs> please keep that on Etsy. Just you know, <laughs> just don't you know, because I got to explain that somebody's gonna take a picture of it and it's gonna be like hashtag BlurredCon, and then I gotta you know be on a show like this going well you know re- you know what do you call it reciprocating tentacle dildos with you know oh <laughs> ma'am please you know so there are those moments but for the most part we do get you know as far as the vendors and the artists they know who the audience is you know and that's becoming more and more apparent and more and more pronounced and you know the people who come and maybe were selling something that was a little left or right of center and it didn't sell they didn't come back and then we replaced them with somebody else and then they made money and then they came back and it just kind of mm-hmm. like it's a constantly improving self-correcting process that you know as long as you keep going it will get better and better and more refined and that's just one of the things you got to keep uh, an eye on because like i said i can't have everything <laughs> Where, where's your your line or your thoughts on trying to keep lurcon as as black as possible right so i'm not i'm not saying that well you know other people and other ethnicities aren't allowed to come but when it comes to representation and things like that, when it comes to vendors or just different panels, is there a certain line like, hey, I want I want this many black panels and then, OK, we'll allow maybe one or two white people to have a panel. Or is it more like, a no, we're focused solely on our people? You know, that's a really good question, because that's a constant thing I got to keep my eye on, because the panel submission portal doesn't have like a race or even a gender tab. Mm-hmm. All we see is the subject and the name and the social media of the person who submitted it. Now, if we can often take the time to go and let me look up this person's name and blah, 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 and then can kind of get a sense of who they are and what their background is. Uh, and, you know, it can be it can be kind of daunting at times because there are professional panelists. Like there's people who have like they got a deck of panels and they'll like submit 10 of them rapid fire. And they didn't read the BlurredCon ethos and they didn't go to the website or anything. They just filled out the form and they probably did the same thing at the next con and next con and kind of ferreting those out because we want to make room for the community to speak. The programming is the lungs of the community and of the con. You know, this is where your voice is heard. We say yes to the panels that most cons say no to. Even the ones with the reciprocating tentacle dildos, like a panel is even it's easier to get a panel on that than a vendor table. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we look at things that are engaging to the black nerd community. And we also are considerate of black nerd and because we're not just black and nerd, just like we were talking about earlier. You're black and nerd and veteran. Right. And there's black and nerd and LGBTQ. And then there's black and nerd. And you might be biracial Asian or biracial white or biracial Latino. You know, there are parts of your, you know, person that as a blurred, 
bring into discussion a lot of the subjects that you would find uh, amenable to almost any you know background. And for some of those, it's actually hard to kind of curate. In the first year, I, I didn't have any pronounced gay, lesbian, LGBTQ panels or workshops at one point. Mm-hmm. And so I go to the people who I know are gay, and I'm talking to a gay cosplayer, like, would you be interested in doing a panel as a gay cosplayer? Like, well, I'm not in the closet, but I've never like considered myself a gay cosplayer. Like, I don't know how to feel about that. Like, you know, just because you are a member of that community doesn't necessarily mean you want to represent that community at a con, right? Now, some people do. And when we get those, we definitely try to make sure they get highlighted and get an opportunity. But trying to curate that list so that, you know, we are representing the ethos of the con is a constant thing. And then when it comes down to like how black can you make BlurredCon? Well, I mean, year one, that would have been an open question because we really had no experience with cons that were doing this and we hadn't heard back and feedback from the community. At this point, I don't think there's anything that we could do to make BlurredCon any blacker than it is while risking anything with the con. I'll tell you a story. Year one, I got a call from a company in North Carolina, or it might have been South Carolina, that sells pork rinds. And yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, they're going to drop 800 boxes of pork rinds on the porch of the, of, of the Hyatt Crystal City. Is that something that this community is ready for? Would that seem like cartoonish for us to be sponsored by a pork rinds company? Mm-hmm. You know, would that just be too far out of pocket? So we said no. Because we wanted people to take us seriously, especially black folks. And if you if you come out with a con that's like, yeah, sponsored by pork rinds and chicken wings and all this and stuff, you know, people who hadn't had the experience and hadn't seen it, right? It, they could be like, oh, they are here playing. I ain't they could in. You know, they they right. could in. So I was like, you know, let's not until we find out where that line is, <laughs> let's not do that, right? Funny story is that like now I think if that same company were to call me back, I think we could have a bunch of boxes of pork rinds made available to the congoers. And at this point, with the track record we have and the the connectivity of the community and the embracing of black culture that the community has had these multiple Mm -hmm. years to do, we could absorb that without seeing it as some type of a crazy off the wall, cartoonish, sarcastic Mm -hmm. gesture. You know what I mean? Uh, So, you know, there's there are things that we can do, like we had a spades tournament. Like, you know, year one. Where was that at? Uh, that was year one or was that this year? Uh, I, you know what? I don't even tabletop know if it happened room. this year. Tabletop was it in tabletop room? I didn't remember where it was. But I, this last three years, we had a spades tournament, same way you'd have a Yu-Gi-Oh! or any other. If right? you can and have Uno. a convention playing spades and there isn't a moment where people are throwing stuff, smashing shit. It's beautiful. That's why that giving him his flowers. That is heaven. That's it, it, it really it, listen. I was I was nervous, Bates? but they my team brought it to me. They're like, Hilton, trust me, this is gonna be dope. Da, da, da. I was like, Oh man, a spades tournament. Somebody gonna throw a chair. I, I can't I can't be a, I can't run a con with somebody threw a chair. That'd be all we're known for for the rest of history is that person threw a chair because somebody reneged and then it'd be over, right? Oh, <laughs> but it turned out it was it was a huge hit, you know, and and oh, people man. embraced it. Because we are then reflecting to the black nerd community, you know, hey, we can superimpose the black experience over top of the nerd space, Mm -hmm. you know, just like with the barbershop. Like that was very risky because I actually had to pay for barbers chairs and pay for barbers who were giving up their weekend money to come into the nerd space where the money wasn't certain because it's never been done anywhere. 
There's no right. con anywhere on earth that's ever had a barbershop anywhere on earth before BlurCon. So we're really out there risking like, you know, are people like, look, when you go to your barber and your guy has got a line and the new guy, Chauncey, has got an empty chair, you don't know Chauncey. You're not letting him touch your hair. Absolutely. I'm going to wait. I'm waiting for Fred. That's why I'm here. Two hour wait. Fine. I'll wait two hours. I got to switch. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So all I got is Chauncey's. Nobody knows these barbers. I got guys coming from Minneapolis and Arizona and stuff like that. Are they going to take the risk? And turns out, boom, people was lined up getting their hair cut constantly for the whole weekend. And, you know, well, these I are the kind of risks we're able to take now that year one, year two, we might have shied away from. I wanted a cut, but it, the line was so long. I was like, I, I can't wait. Listen, is no that there is never enough barbers and clip dart is doing a great job of bringing us qualified certified barbers but i'm like i might need to, to holler at the little local barber college and add a couple folks because that that weight you're right it you know you got a con to go to you want to just sit in and get cut and get out uh but yeah it's a it's a success story for us for real no um to touch on michelle's question i'm going to expand on it because i have a 15 year old brother so uh, uh, plans on coming with me next year. So outside of the cuddle party and the BDSM panels, have you considered an adult only portion of the con? And to add the question with that, are those sponsored by Blurred Con, the, the cuddle parties? No. Or is it something that people no. made If up? it's not happening in the con space, it's not. As a matter of fact, I told the cuddle party people, I said, I specifically request that you not tell me when, where, or what a cuddle party is. <laughs> I need plausible deniability. I don't want to know. Somebody's going to get cuddled the wrong way, and they're going to be like, BlurredCon cuddled me, and then it's going to morph into Hilton cuddled someone at BlurredCon and told everybody they could all be blurs, and it's going to be crazy. And then I'm going to have to be in explaining to y'all again next year, like, Hilton, you just can't stay out the hot seat. You're cuddling people at the con. like you know. So I just, look, I, I tell everybody who wants to do anything that is not appropriate for us as a convention to run and like dude rent a suite rent a suite under your own name and your own credit card invite the people you know to come up there and do what you want to do because then it ain't got nothing to do with me it ain't got nothing to do with the con and as long as you're not insane and i think you're going to do something that's going to be harmful i'll step away mm -hmm. and that's worked up until now as far as like specific spaces in the con for adult stuff you can't really do that because you've seen the layout. Even the top tier, the third floor, is visible by the entire Hyatt. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if people was, you know, naked or doing real, real crazy stuff, folks are going to see it either before, during, or after, and it'll still affect, you know, yeah. the convention space. And that is the totality of the con space. That third floor is, is it. Mm -hmm. Everything else above that, as you see, is glass ceiling or hotel. And so we really don't have a place where you can do things like that in private uh, that would be secluded from young people or, you know, people who are not the appropriate audience for it. And are, are there rules from the hotel that say, hey, we don't want this kind of activity to happen due to, to you know, our reputation and stuff like that, that you have to sign before you do the convention? Um, you know, this is what plausible deniability does for a conversation like this. I am not aware of anything that would be needing or requiring signatures or waivers, and neither is the hotel. And as long as that stays the case, we won't yeah. have anything we need to authorize or disauthorize or disown or indemnify ourselves from. 
And uh, I think that's probably the best way for the people who want to express themselves during their blurred con experience in certain ways to give them the space to do it, but without us having to, you know, be directly involved. And that's not just when I say us, it's me, the Hyatt, the sponsors, everybody. Mm-hmm. Now we did, I did attend an adult um, panel, right? I think it was yes. an after dark panel. Yes. So those yes, you do. Have do that. Okay. So those you do allow are after yes. dark panels. Okay. Yes. Yes. The after dark panels, we vet the people to say, okay, you're not just going to get in a room with a bunch of people and have a tickle party, right? You know, where you are someone who is a, you know, a trained dominatrix and you're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Or you have a panel of OnlyFans, you know, sex workers that are going to talk about, you know, OnlyFans versus Fansly or getting started in that business. Like, like those we can vet. And those are discussions that people actually sit down, show up for, ask questions. And I mean, they're our most popular panels, actually, because these are the subjects that no other con is saying yes to. Right. Like, nobody is going to allow any sex workers to get on a panel and talk, and talk. about sex work and write the word sex work on the program. So mm-hmm. when you look it up, you see what it says. There's no con on earth that's doing that. And right. I'm so proud that we're able to bring some really experienced and responsible voices from all of these different sectors of those communities to come in and inform people and educate people and welcome people, broaden their minds so that there aren't, you know, so many assumptions and there aren't so many misgivings. And, you know, they're part of the community too. You know, a lot of these folks are cosplayers and they are gamers and and all of this stuff. And, And this is something that they do in addition to that. And there's no recognition of that. There's no discussions around that. There's no you know, protocol on, you know, what we, you know, have done with this evolution of this digital sex working, you know, uh, media that's out there and the people who have gotten active in it. And uh, so those things are really important. And I think we do a really good job of bringing those out. And yes, there's an entire sector. It's called BlurCon After Dark, which is pretty much anything after like 930 on any of the uh, two main days. So for our final question, how will we go about getting uh, a panel? Because like by the time the next BlurCon comes around, we'll be like a year and a half into the podcast game. And we'll be doing media interviews everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what it's like to have a successful podcast that's not drenched in drama, that's not surrounded by relationship uh, battle the sexes and all that jazz, like not the manosphere and all that BS. Um. My recommendation is think of something to talk about that no one else is talking about, even as it pertains to you guys uh, and the podcast. Uh, You know, podcasting while black is probably a discussion that is happening or has happened or will happen in any given Mm -hmm. con space. Right. So, you know, think about a, a, a top spin on the ball and try to, you know, kind of put some something unique that would stand out. It's kind of like the advice you got, like with a college application, like what kind of what do I put in my in my, you know, my personal statement to make my application stand out? You know, we filled almost 400 applications for this 100 to 150 slots that we run every year. So you definitely see a lot of repetition. And there's definitely a lot of podcasters out there who are, you know, coming in and wanting to do panels about stuff. But it's it does tend to kind of fall into the same niche. So Mm -hmm. think about something that would be like unique, maybe unique to your group. And maybe some of the discussions that you're having or the dynamics uh, within, you know, your team, uh, the way you're founded, just just something that would catch uh, the initial reviewer 
uh, you know, off guard. I am not a direct part of that. I try to detach myself from most of these processes uh, for a lot of obvious reasons. Uh, the only time I'm really called in is if I'm actually placing like one of our celebrity guests or somebody who has to have a panel and I got to get them in there and get them scheduled. So if you want to stand out and you want to make it, just think of something really creative and original to talk about uh, and or or how you want to do an interaction. You may want to do a game. You may want to do trivia. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you guys can get your message out there in a unique way. And, uh, you know, I think that's the the number one way, not just for BlurredCon, but I would say this for any con that you might be submitting a panel for. I would say, I mean, we all run black Pokemon groups. Say we do a podcast hey. panel about our black, because collectively between the three of us, we have like a thousand people in our region. So, you know, what's really funny. And I love this so much about this is that all of y'all are Pokemon collectors, but again, walking through Wegmans, looking at you guys in your civilian clothes, just going through, you know, <laughs> gluten-free cereal, whatever it is you do at Wegmans, there's no way that the average person would just glean that from you. Exactly. And I, and that just gives me so much inspiration to know that there are so many more black nerds out there, millions of us out there who are not engaged in the community, that we yeah. all, you know, who are not in the community, they're out there engaging in their fandom directly at home they're playing video mm -hmm. games and watching their anime on their laptop in their house they're reading their comic books you know in their home but they're not going into these community spaces and engaging with other people directly uh in the community and, and you'd be shocked how many people who are black nerds and are adults and know about cons and the fact that they exist but have never heard of any of the conventions that are happening in the dc metro area but live here absolutely the I algorithm on, on the sidewalk media. Yeah, social <laughs> media like, algorithm like, does not connect us. It's not its job to, mm -hmm. to funnel us into the things that, and the communities that reflect our interests. It's to gather data and send it out to the highest bidder so we can get mm -hmm. mail from people we didn't heard of or phone calls from people, you know, who shouldn't be calling us. But bringing us together and making a community, you know, the algorithms for most social media isn't for that. So finding ways to connect with more y'all uh, and getting you guys engaged is really what gets me up every morning. Well, we thank you for joining us. We do have to thank wrap you, it up. We, move we do. Up. Little who's lady who's next? Somebody's next. Our audio podcast, our Spotify people, they're going to lose us. Our YouTube <laughs> way my YouTube account is set up. I got, <laughs> I got We do. We do. I personally want to thank you for joining us. Um, your, your, your convention is awesome. Uh, I plan Absolutely. on cosplaying next year um, as the Wizard King. We'll so, be back. Uh oh, All yeah. right. oh, we'll be back. We're bringing more people. Um, yeah, this is it's it has or will become a annual meetup we'll spot for yeah. our internet friends. So. Oh, cannot wait to see you guys again. And in the meantime, go to uh, and listen. BlurredCon is a is a node. I want the blurred community to collect, even in the non-blurred spaces. I want to see black people gathering at you know all these conventions happening in the fall: mm -hmm. New York Comic Con, Anime NYC, you know Magfest, all of that. I want to see the blurred community coming together as a community, even when it's not blurred con, because that's where the effect is. That's where, you know, the success of the con is going to be measured. So I hope you get, you guys get a chance to gather at some other convention at some other time and maybe give me a little tacit invitation to let me know you're going to be there. Cause I might be there too. 
Okay. We'll definitely, well, we'll definitely you let you know when, when we roll up to BlurCon too. So that way you can talk <laughs> for us. We gotta get you away for 30 minutes. When you breathe yeah, good luck with that. A lot. 30 good minutes. Luck with that. Maybe while you're eating your sandwich, we you know, we're gonna interview and then we're gonna move out you. I'll be lay, I'll be hiding up under a truck. <laughs> get this rib in before somebody come tap me for something, right? I'll throw you in the back before you up. That's all. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Well, thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us. So Saturday is our next show. Shit Talk Saturday. There's been a lot of stuff happening this week, so that should be fun. Um, yeah. So until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay unapologetically black. Gang. Have a good night. Have a good one. Fine. And rock.